Dave Fremlin Show, take two. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! Today is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022, and it is a lovely day here in Central Florida, but it's a bit on the warm side. So, my topic today is going to gently touch on um, how to deal with, well, I don't know what I'm going to call it. It's going to be about, it's going to gently touch on recovery from long-term use of chemicals. And that doesn't just mean recreational drugs. That means also pharmaceutical drugs, blood pressure medicine, stomach medicine, you name it. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Wanted to share with anyone who's interested out there. Um, it takes a so, super uh, duper long time yeah. to boot it up. Um, and so I, anyways, uh, and now tonight I'm going to not give you some information. Yay! A doctor. Um, which I forgot what it is, right? You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Yay! I guess we'll see what happens, right? Um, my belief and what is true is that how medicines work and drugs is they work by telling the brain to make a certain chemical reaction occur within the body in a certain place. A certain nerve has to be fired to make this happen or that happen. So if you're taking blood pressure medicine, it doesn't go into your blood and thin out your blood, make your blood more doesn't do that it doesn't go into the arteries and veins and make them widen and make your blood pressure lower no it tells your brain it 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 it, it chemically changes what it tells your brain through a series of chemical reactions what to do to change the blood pressure okay it's not it, drugs don't work how people think they work when you take an antacid a tums for your upset stomach it goes into your stomach, it dissolves. The dissolving process does not what causes the stomach acid to go away. You know, you think, oh, this is a chalky little pill. It goes into my stomach, it absorbs acid. That's how come it works. No, 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 no. It goes into your stomach, it dissolves, it breaks down. The chemicals go into the brain. They tell the brain what to do. That is how drugs work. They don't work on specific parts of the body. They work by telling the brain what to do to that specific part of the body. If you have pain in your foot and you take a pain medicine, the pain medicine doesn't automatically know, oh, go to the foot, that's where the pain is. Just concentrate there on the nerves there. No, 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 no. The medicine goes into your brain and it tells your brain to not sense pain in a certain area. That's how drugs work. It's how all drugs work. Okay? It's how all drugs work. So given that context, what a person needs to know, what I have learned, is that when you become free of those chemicals and your brain has to figure out its own way, there are going to be noticeable differences. I did not expect, okay, for myself, 
noticeable differences in the energy level that I have in exerting. And let me explain that because that did not make any sense. So as many of you who have listened to my podcast for a long period of time know that I, in the last few years, along with most Americans, most people in the world, went through an experience that involved, uh, you know, shock, some shock, a lot of change, a lot of unexpected things, things I can't control. But during that, that was the COVID period that I'm referring to and the aftermath thereof. Prior to the COVID period and the aftermath thereof, I was going through my own uh, detox process of getting off multiple medications, multiple drugs, multiple mind-altering substances. Uh, You are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. And pain medicines, whatever you name it. I had had (coughs) six surgeries in a five-year period. Uh, My father became very ill and a lot of things happened. I consider it to be a traumatic experience. I consider that I went through a traumatic period. And I now am, without medications, uh, experiencing the aftermath of that trauma. I believe that I am over the trauma. Okay, I believe I'm over the trauma. I'm in the healing process. Many of you have listened to my podcast for a long time. You know I've moved. I'm starting things over again. Um, But what I want to touch on is that I've taken on, in order to make myself feel, because what I gave up in San Diego, I need to have things in my life here. I'm very susceptible (coughs) due to chronic pain and other mental health issues, I'm very susceptible to depression. And not having things to do during the day means I lay around and focus on being uncomfortable because I have restless leg syndrome. The medications from the restless leg syndrome, it's another whole story, left me with some brain damage. I'm very susceptible to mood swings, very susceptible to depression, uh, negative thinking, things like that, stress. And um, so it has come to my attention that I can't just lay around the house all day in pain and being uncomfortable because it would not help the situation. So I took on a couple of projects that I thought would be great. I still think they're great. And in the olden days, a couple years ago, I would have taken on these projects on steroids. Like it would have been the same projects but they would have been much more involved. So, for example, I took on a part in a play, in a musical, but it's not a fully staged musical. I don't have to memorize lines. It's a a reading, a dramatic reading. And I took on directing a play, and there was a time when I would have taken on directing a play, being an assistant director, acting in three plays, and being in a full-on musical with choreography, and continuing all the other things that I do during the day. Okay, those were the days of taking a lot of medication. It was prior to my broken foot, prior to my surgeries. And 
over the last few years after the surgeries, after the broken foot, after getting off of medications, off of, okay, I am taking on the same type of project that I've used to do, been doing, but it seems much more uh, consuming, even though it isn't. It's less consuming ultimately, but it feels, I, I feel like almost a constant buzz of stress in the back of my head. And I want to talk about that today because, you know, there's a good way to deal with it in a bad way. And right now I'm sort of on the fence of how to deal with it because I don't, okay, I have a job, I have these two projects and then I have the rest of the things that everybody else has, you know, going to the gym, buying groceries, whatever, financial issues, whatever. Nothing is dire, but I do have this pressure on my mind and I don't want to say that I don't love doing the project. I love it. I love it when I, I love it when I get up and I know I'm doing something exciting, but I'm definitely having a problem shifting gears from being in the one space to being in another space to being in another position and putting on the different caps, the different levels of responsibility. I used to be able to just flip right through it and just be so on it. And um, now I am not. And the reason that I am chalking that up to is because I went through a traumatic experience which led me to get off of drugs and medications, off of. And the aftermath of that is that my brain, when the brain becomes used to a certain way, it the brain uses up, here's the, let's I'm Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. Let's back up. The brain is 2% of body mass and yet uses up 25% of body energy. The brain is 2% of body mass and uses 25% of bodily energy. So as you can see, that is a disproportionate amount of energy going to the brain. So the brain in the years of humanity has adapted itself to conserve energy and it conserves energy by creating things habitually creating habits when you have habits you don't think about them you just do them automatically and when you've had habits for a certain length of time and you've done something a certain way for a certain length of time it becomes very difficult to change the pattern Changing the pattern is what is needed in order to keep the brain alive and moving and doing that. So when I went from being on medications and doing things that way for so many years, my brain was used to those chemicals, used to those pills, used to whatever. It now is learning a new way in order for the brain to go from the old way to the new way. And it's been two years now. This, this process has taken five years and it's now on the end of a two-year process in which like full-on sobriety has occurred um, and a big move across the country and some other stuff. So along with adapting to the physical change of where I am now, I'm also adapting to the mental changes in my brain 
going from doing something a certain way to doing it something another way without and what I mean doing it from this way to another way doesn't mean I'm doing it any different it means I'm not doing it with chemicals added I'm not doing it with drugs or with foods I've, I've changed my diet as well and so the point of this podcast is how to cope with um you know that sense of oh my god I I'm not up to par I can't do what I used to do I'm dealing with stress it's frustrating me how do I get through that? Because the day is long. The day is long and hard and heavy when there's depression or, or anxiety added to the day. Okay? And so I like to be very solution-oriented on my podcast. And so I'm going to talk about the solution. Here's what I do. And this has worked for me. It's going on two years now. A little over two years now out of five. I do not take dopamine agonist medications. I don't drink. I don't take cocaine or meth or any other. I take aspirin and vitamins. Okay, that's what I take. And marijuana sometimes, very rarely. Very rarely meaning like every day. <laughs> but anyways, that aside. Um, for pain and for anxiety. So how I deal in the real world because I can't just sit around the house smoking weed all day. I can't just, you know, stare out the window and be like, oh my God, fretting. Fretting is the worst. So what do I do? It's simple and yet it's not easy. The simpleness of it is that I focus only on what I am doing in the actual moment. And if thoughts come into my head about things I have to do in the future, I don't I don't give it time. So I'm sitting here doing the podcast. The thought popped in my head. Oh, I'm going to have to get gas today. I don't have money. Where's the money going to come from? Immediately my heart rate goes up. So what I tell myself is I'm not doing that right now. Right now I'm doing my podcast. I focus only on the thing I am doing in the moment. And I do that moment by moment by moment by moment. It is not easy, but it is very simple, okay? It does take practice. At night, I have restless leg syndrome. I'm very uncomfortable. I have two choices. I can focus on the discomfort or I can find a way to do something in the moment to distract my brain from the discomfort. So there are two components. There's staying in the moment and then there is distraction in the moment. The Dave Fremlin Show is now available on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. If you like listening to The Dave Fremlin Show, don't forget to follow me and subscribe to my podcast and share me with a friend. Thank you and have a nice day. Okay. So distraction means vitally engaging creative pursuits. Vitally engaging creative pursuits, something that is passionate, something that it will take my mind complete. Vital, vitally engaging. What does that mean? It means vitally means involving life and engaging 
means focused attention. So focusing attention on something that gives life is vitally engaging. Creative means allowing your brain to neuroplasticate, allowing the thought, allowing a new process, allowing a new way of thinking to occur. Creative, to create. So vitally engaging. So something that will be focused about life. Creative pursuits, things to do that involve creativity. And that's what it is. And so podcast is creative pursuit. It's vitally engaging. I can't be doing two things at once with this. Working on an acting script. Working on directing a play. Working on uh, being at work is vitally engaging creative pursuit, where I work anyway. So vitally engaging creative pursuits must be engaged in enough in the moment to remove outside thoughts from creeping in and then to stay in the moment. That is how I cope because anxiety, it takes a lot of energy in the brain to be anxious. It's not necessary. My therapist, my, co- my counselor tells me that it's unnecessary pain and suffering because it's just brought on by our own choice. So vitally engage in creative pursuits. Stay in the moment. Do not allow thoughts that are not in the moment to creep in. Now, as far as physical energy goes, because I don't sleep right and because I have irregular patterns, how do I cope with restless leg syndrome when I don't sleep right? I take advantage of downtime when I can. So because I have restless leg syndrome, I can't just lay down in bed and go to sleep and sleep eight hours through and wake up and be refreshed. It just does not happen. Getting upset about it doesn't help. So what I do is when I have downtime, and what I mean by downtime means time when I can sit and just relax when I don't have restless legs. Okay, It's not all the time, I almost always have restless legs. But there are periods through the day when I can sit down for 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes at a time and just breathe and relax. It is vitally important. Vitally. Okay, remember vitally. Involving life. It is important to life that I take advantage of that downtime. Because when I go to sleep at night, I don't get to relax and be asleep. So the downtime relaxation moments throughout the day are very important. This is a thing that I came up with on my own after years and years of suffering from restless legs. And I went to a support group and there was a doctor there and he talked about sunlight therapy for depression. And he talked about people with restless legs don't have a good sleep pattern. It is not vital to get eight hours of sleep in a row. It is only vital to rack up sleep hours within a a period of time, within a 24 period hour of time, you want to rack up seven hours of sleep. They do not have to be in a row, continuous, contiguous. So it is vitally important to take advantage of downtime when the downtime happens. So that's what I do. I'm sedentary 
as long as I can possibly be sedentary in the morning. Because at night, once I get off work, I can't sit still till 2 a.m. And it's very exhausting. If you went on to the Restless Legs Facebook support group, you will find very tired people. And if they're taking the medications, it's causing them mental health problems. And if they're not taking medications, they're probably very tired. Uh, so I, um, I'm going to end it here. And I just want to make those points. I didn't want to let it go too long without making a podcast because I don't want my audience to forget about me. Um, but I have been very overwhelmed, very stressed out, very tired. And I, as I've explained in this podcast, what I'm doing about it, but adding on, like forcing myself to make a podcast doesn't really help. So here I am today. I was sitting here. I thought, why don't I make a podcast? I could talk about what's going on. So that's what I did. So that's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you had a good time. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed in the Dave Fremlin Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlin and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.